Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and today's guest is the geek-tacular Cat Cook. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. This is a really great chat. I know you're going to love it. And now it's time to go off script and find out Kat's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. It's Kat. Welcome, Kat. Hello. So I'm super excited to talk to you. You are someone that I was improvising with a lot earlier last year when we went into lockdown. And then I didn't see you for a while. And then you've resurfaced again. That sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> I, I um, disappeared offline for a little bit in the lockdown just to ground myself and went for, went for lots of nice walks. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so <laughs> you were actually there in, in my very first night of doing improv in Chester. Ooh, and your first night? That was my I very first night, that. yeah. Wow, you've got good memory. <laughs> so, it, well, it was only it was only just over a year ago. It wasn't that long before lockdown when I went along to Chester. And I remember you being there. You were really welcoming, welcomed me in early on. And, oh, that's a <laughs> And then, yeah, and you were really nice to me. You're like, you were just really complimentary to me afterwards as well. So I always remember. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad because I'm sure you deserved it as well. Uh, I love that <laughs> Chester group. The Chester sessions were so much fun. It's, it's a very different vibe to the Liverpool sessions, but both were great. Yeah. Um, and I liked our Chester brief. It's a really nice way to end the week as well. Yeah. Well, let, well, let's talk more about that. But So we'll build to that. But I want yeah. to ask, first of all, how did you get involved in improv? Oh, that's a, a bitty, bitty long journey, really. So when I was at university, 12 years ago okay. um some of my friends um did improv and they set up an improv society cool um which i never went to because i was too much <laughs> of a chicken but i went to their shows and i supported okay. them and you might know them um, they're known as Thespionage now okay um and they, they play and perform in manchester and they've just been doing it that entire time wow but i used to just watch them in the club and I'd sometimes go for their drop-ins, but secretly be terrified and then kind of scuttle out. Um, <laughs> and, and that was my first introduction to it. Um, and then flash forward to a couple of years ago, um, I wanted to do some drama, um, but I couldn't commit to rehearsals. So I found yeah. Emma's improv um, and I went along, hid, downstairs and didn't go upstairs to where <laughs> listen to it from, yeah. the, from the bar with my <laughs> coke and then trotted <laughs> off home um and that happened a few times okay um and then eventually i went and loved it um and then that's that the rest is kind of history from there then i started going regularly yeah um and i only started going regularly about six months before the lockdown. Ah, oh, really? Um, 
I think at that point it was kind of once every few months because of shifts and things and right. lining things up. But um, yeah, so it's been a very bitty journey. Um, so there was, yeah, that was with Emma's LCI yeah. um, group. And alongside that, I, I also discovered David Escobedo in Chester and he was running a few drop-ins and yeah. odd workshops, which were really nice as well. And then I realised that they knew each other <laughs> and it's like, whoa, improv's such a small world. Everyone yeah. and David know each other and they're friends and oh, isn't that amazing? <laughs> so, and... I've seen I've seen you doing things with David on uh, Wretched Hive Comedy. Yes, that's right. So do you want to explain what that is and talk about that for a little bit? So David and I are both big geeks. Um, and so I met him. He was doing Mischief Managed in Chester, which is like a Harry Potter themed group. Right. And he invited me along to that and I was playing with them for a little bit. And then we also talked a lot about Star Wars. Hmm and Doctor Who, and sci-fi, because I love all of it. Um, and so when he started doing Star Wars improv, he invited me along um, to play. And it's like a quiz show that we do on Twitch on a Friday evening, where we it's sort of trivia and silliness about Star Wars, which has now expanded into all sci-fi. Um, and it's really good fun. It's just with loads of like-minded sci-fi fans so some familiar faces from lci like david elliott and Seki. yeah um, and a few familiar faces from improv communities so because we're not limited to geography we get lots of nice guests coming on yeah. from America. Um, so that's a lot of fun um it's less improv we don't really do scenes and things it's more trivia and coming up with trivia answers and seeing what what comes out yeah, so I I do watch the show as often as I can. I actually I'm I'm normally playing with Glossop Improv at the time it goes live. So I, I I either catch up later on the night or catch up over the weekend, and I do enjoy your answers to questions <laughs> <laughs> and how you just come up. There's there's some times where you you clearly don't know what what the answer is, but you just make stuff up on the spot, which brings the improv element into it. And some, some of the stuff you come yeah. up with is really funny. I think, yeah, because you don't think, and if you don't know the answer, I have a, I just say what the first thing that comes to my mind is. And sometimes it's close to the answer. <laughs> sometimes it's really not. Uh, I think in the most recent episode uh, that I watched, you described the Twilight Zone. Oh Without, God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have, I've never seen it. But I had no idea. I was like, I can hear the music. <laughs> I uh, want to watch it now, though. Yeah, I googled it afterwards. But uh, your your description of, of the show, without knowing what the show was, just based on the name, it, it was uh, it was very good. <laughs> oh, good! I you liked it. Did you get Did you guess Twilight Zone from it? Is the Is the question though? Um, oh, it was really difficult. Uh, we should probably explain a bit more so that people listening can understand oh, yeah. uh, what what the actual what the actual round of the show was. Do you want to explain the round? So we were given in secret the title of a sci-fi TV series or film genre, <laughs> and we had to, I think, describe it or act it out and see if our um, guest could guess it. 
Um, but I was given Twilight Zone and did ha- had no idea what it was about. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah. If in doubt, everyone guessed Alf, and I've not seen Alf either. <laughs> really difficult. Yeah, I've noticed there's lots of talk about Alf on that show. And I remember Alf. Like, I remember what Alf looks like. I vaguely remember what he sounds like. But I don't remember anything about the show, about the plot or anything like that. I'm starting to think he's made up to trick me. and Because <laughs> it doesn't sound believable. But I mean, um, I, th- I think as a child, I think I saw him as the American Roland Rat. Like, oh, yeah. Roland- Roland Rat was everywhere when I was a child. He had his own TV show. He had so much merch. I had loads of Roland Rat merch in my house. And then he just completely disappeared off the face of the earth. Well, maybe we'll get him into the next show then. Yeah, maybe. Push Roland, Elf out. Roland Rat. He was He was just like, to me, he just kind of sums up the 80s, really. Roland Rat. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s in the UK, anyway. Oh, are you a sci-fi fan? I'm a massive sci-fi fan. Um, I go I go to Comic Cons a lot. I love Wales Comic Con in particular. And I'm a massive yeah. Star Wars fan. Uh, and like the listeners can't see this, but you can see this. Behind me in this room right now, like my bedroom is a shrine to my Comic Con adventures. Um, oh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, there's a wow, couple... Wow, that's quite a collection. There's someone I'm particularly proud of. I've got one just to the side of me, and it's a signed picture from when I met Data from The Goonies, which is one of my favourite films of all time. Whoa. Um, I I grew up watching Boy Meets World. Love Boy Meets World. And I've, I met Eric. <laughs> I met Eric from Boy Meets World. got his signature. And I met David Prowse, who's sadly passed away now, but he was he was Darth Vader, the, the person, not the voice. Um, yeah. And- got a signed picture of him over there and just so many like i could talk about i've got so many hodor up there um you need to be my phone a friend on that show <laughs> i'm gonna introduce that as a as a lifeline <laughs> you could be my phone a friend yeah sure um and just random like alison hannigan i've got uh i met her so but she was big in buffy but i wasn't a buffy fan but i love the show how i met your mother and she was in that um, yes. So it's just so many random people. Uh, like loads of, I'm a big wrestling fan as well, so I've met loads of wrestlers. I've, they've had sports stars there, TV show people, film people, and I just love it. It's such, it's such a geek fest. Yeah, and, I've been once. Oh yeah. Is, you just you just chat. You can you can pick a random person to chat to, and they will be on your way then. Yeah, totally. And that's what I love. <laughs> And like, I love to go and meet people like from shows that I like and just get that chance to chat with them. And I've been with friends before and, you know, they've not really been willing to part with, with cash to go get signatures and things. But then I've been like, if you just want to speak to them, come with me. And you, you pick a moment where there's like a bit of a lull and then you just walk up and you start to talk and you make it clear that you know, I'm not here to get your autograph or anything. I just want to have a bit of a chat. And yeah, it's awesome. If they're free and you just want to have a chat and you're not pestering them for pictures and things like that, then they're really happy to just talk to you. Oh, wow. I get very shy. Uh, yeah, I my get, first... I'm like, I forget my name and I forget their name and I forget where I am. <laughs> I get a bit overwhelmed. My first time going um, 
I met an actress who was in a show called Atlantis a few years back, mm -hmm. which which I really liked. And she was called Aisha Hart. And it was her first Comic-Con as well. And it was my first Comic-Con. And it was funny. I was there with a good friend of mine and she'd never seen me like lost for words. And I was just stood there like, um, uh, hello. Yeah. And the, so the actress ended up like, interviewing me she was asking me questions so she's like oh so where are you from and blah 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 because I was just like uh hello just like just Aww. not knowing what to say and then the next person I met was Danny John Jules from Red Dwarf who I love and he was also I don't know if people know this so much about him he was in the labyrinth as a voice actor and okay the labyrinth is up with the Goonies is like those two are my two favorite films, the Goonies and the Labyrinth. I could watch those films forever and never tire of them. And do you know the characters that take their heads off in the Labyrinth? Do you know the film? Yeah. Uh, they're called the Chili Down, the Chili Down Gang, and he was a voice for one of them. And I've met him a few times now. I met him the first time to go get his picture and all that kind of stuff. And then other times I just go up and I talk to him, and he's really cool to talk to. And we had the coolest conversation the last time I spoke to him. He he was a few years back. Do you remember? I don't know if you saw it. Tim Vine did a Christmas special on the BBC. Oh, no, I don't think I saw that, but I okay. it's amazing. Yeah, it, it, was all, it was classic Tim Vine. And it was just silly. It was just pun after pun after pun, which I love. And Danny John Jules was in it. And I just randomly went to speak to him one day. And normally I get him to sing the Pancake Day song from Maid Marian to me, because that was one of my favorite <laughs> TV shows growing up. <laughs> and everyone does that. You always hear him singing that song constantly. It's Pancake Day. It's Pancake Day. It's pa -pa 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 Pancake Day. But then I just randomly said to him, I just walked up just as I was walking past and I said, ah, oh, can I just say, loved you in the Tim Vine Christmas special? It, I, you know, I laughed a lot. And he just said, you're the first person ever spoken to me about that and then it sort of opened the floodgates and he started to talk to me about loads of stuff and then we got talking about the labyrinth and then he started to tell me this story about david bowie and he was saying like david bowie he was famous for being miserable and and not not being sociable and things like that and he says lies it's all lies and he says wait there he got his phone out he scrolled through these pictures and he goes, look, here's me and David Bowie. We were in the recording studio and then he's got his arm around him and then they're having beers together. And he was like, such a nice guy. And by this point, a bit of a crowd had started to form because he was telling me the story, but others were listening. And he was showing me all these pictures. And then he started to tell me about one of the songs from the labyrinth. And he was saying, uh, basically they'd written a song and it was called Wild Things. And the characters were called the wild things and there was this song and it was chilly down with the wild things but then just before the film came out the people that owned the rights to the song wild thing said they were going to sue them so they had to change it from oh. um they had to change it from wild things to wild gang but david bowie had already sent danny john jules the tape of the like the song that they had originally recorded and he has this original before the changes were made. And he said Disney are on his case all the time. They write 
sending him letters, what? phone calls, saying they want they want the song. And he was like saying, you can't have it. It's mine. It was given to me personally by David Bowie yeah. and you're not having it. And then he said, like in an, in an attempt to <laughs> sort of fight back, he posted it on his uh, on his web page, <laughs> <laughs> and he said that they they basically they hound him all the time. And he said they're not having it. It's his own personal gift from David Bowie. And <laughs> my goodness, what a story! And it was just so cool. I've just stood there chatting with him, and he was just. He was just so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, I think if you can find something that they don't usually talk about as well, I think that, yeah. um, I think that must be really nice for them as well. Yeah, totally. So you say you're a big, you're a big geek, you're into things like that. What is your ultimate sort of geek out fave thing to just enjoy? Uh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Is, yeah. I think that is my go-to. It's what a lot of my friendships are based on. Okay. Um, it's what I use to relax, or if I'm feeling a bit rubbish, I just put an episode on. Um, um, we have very fierce debates about it. Um, yeah, I think Doctor Who's my my thing. What I've learned about the geeky community though is there are there are levels, <laughs> um, and I thought like. I was quite geeky and then I've met people who know so much <laughs> and I think you're falling into that category <laughs> who, who just have so much knowledge. I'm like, I can't, I can't keep up. I can barely remember where my keys are. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I don't know that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I think, and I think that's the, I lo- what I love about these things that they do, they create communities. Yeah. Um, like, like I say, so many of my friendships are based on Doctor Who. So, um, who would you say is your favourite Doctor? Oh, I, you know what? Actually, Matt Smith at the moment. Okay. It does change. I've gone through phases. Like, I was always dedicated to Sylvester McCoy. Yeah. But then, actually, I really like Matt Smith. Um, I did like David Tennant at one point, um, quite a bit, which most people did. But then so many of my friends impersonated him <laughs> that I can only see them now. Um, so I, I had to kind of put him aside. And Christopher Eccleston for the Northern Charm, <laughs> great. Tom Baker is a classic. Colin Baker. <laughs> um, and... I think then my memory gets a bit sporadic with him because I think I used to watch it as a child and it was like random reruns or random. Yeah. But it was never in the right order, which let's face it, Doctor Who shouldn't be in the right order. It's time travel. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Um, I think Matt Matt Smith was good because he teamed up with Stephen Moffat and I I liked that that writing. And I liked Rory and I liked Amy. I liked the combination. On a, a random aside, you said Stephen Moffat. I was once on a, a teaching course. It was like an Apple conference. And I was, there was like a networking event at the end. And I was sat down having a drink. Now, don't get too excited. I didn't meet Stephen Aww. Moffat. But I did randomly meet his sister. So, okay. All so right. I do a lot of writing for school. I, I, 
I write school plays and things like that because, you know, it's primary school and oh, wow. it can be expensive to buy rights for things. So I like writing yeah. con- Christmas concerts, like quite elaborate assemblies for my class to do. Uh, I've done quite a few of those over the years. And I just got talking about writing. And then she kept telling me about her brother who wrote it. Uh, and yeah, I'm my brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a brother. And then I just said, sorry, who is your brother? And she said, oh, oh sorry, my brother Stephen Moffat. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> One degree uh, of separation from Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was just completely random. <laughs> but uh, it's just a small world. As you said earlier, like the improv community, the geek community, the, the small worlds. Uh, but, yeah, like everything's a small world, really. Mm. Um, and with Doctor Who, I've asked you about your favorite doctor. Who's your favorite sidekick? Oh, well, again, Ace was like my first exposure to the assistants, and okay. I thought she was just really cool because she was kind of quite, you know, she she kicked a Dalek down like some stairs or something, didn't she? I'm sure. Um, <laughs> she just she just. You know what? There's none of this fear. She just went. She just belted it. Um, so I, I always liked Ace. Um, and then, but I, I, I am really in love with Rory. So there's Ace and Rory. Right. It'd be a really cool team. And River Song. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Well, there's a lot of good ones. Um, but yeah, I think Ace. She was my favourite. And so. Yeah, I am very geeky and I, I've got, I love a lot of things. Like, so I love a lot of things and my knowledge, like some people think my knowledge is perhaps deeper because I love wearing merch and, and mm. I just got like loads of stuff about them. But I've got this terrible thing that I just forget. Things that I love, I just forget all the time. Like even my favorite films, The Labyrinth and the Goonies, I've seen them like a gazillion times but I can still watch them. And sometimes I'm surprised. Oh yeah, I forgot that happened. It's like, even though I've seen it so many times, because I just forget. And there's just so much like Star Wars is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. things, but the universe is so vast. It's not just all the films. I love all of the, the, like the Clone Wars and Rebels and all the TV shows around it. I've got so many of the graphic novels, all the stories, all of the, the actual novels about it. And I, and I've read them and I love them and I enjoy them. I just forget what happens. Well, that means you get to enjoy it all over again. Yeah. It's like your brain's gone, hang on. I know what to do this guy good. Just erase a few memories and then you can enjoy it all over again. Not like that, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in the process of moving house right now and I've got an entire box, just a massive box, just full of all my Star Wars comics and books. Whoa. Oh, you're gonna have to meet the Wretched Hive crew, like. Yeah, oh. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are your tribe. By the yeah, sounds of it. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to talk to you about improv again and get back into that. And you said that you took a bit of time away, but before mm-hmm. then, we were in this this online world that we're still in now, and. You know, how did you find that transition from in real life improv to sort of being stuck in a box in your house? Well, it's become the norm now, hasn't it, to be in our little boxes like we are. Yeah. Um, and at first, I really loved the fact that we could carry it on. 
Um, so I was doing yeah. loads, um, signing up to everything I could, mostly um, Emma's things or some of the hoopla stuff and just like anything that was going on. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. If I'm not in work, I'm there. And um, I really loved it. And we kept the Boss Birds going because um, I don't know if you knew, but the Boss Birds did their first gig with Perisco- and that Periscope Up was the first ever time we'd ever performed. And yeah. we haven't seen each other since. <laughs> So, um, so we managed to cap, keep meeting up online, um, cool. and we set up the women's jam, monthly jam as well, yeah. international women's jam. Um, but then I found the online stuff really overwhelming after a while. Okay. Um, even because I think a lot of my work went to being online, and then I found it really hard actually, like because you couldn't see people's reactions. And you couldn't get that rapport. <laughs> yeah. I found it really difficult. And I think it lost a lot of the magic for me. Okay. Um, so I had to take a bit of a break from it. Um, not just improv, just from everything. Like I was yeah. doing online games nights with friends and quizzes and things. And I just was like, I, I just need a break. Um, so I uh, sort of started just focusing on going outside and grounding myself a bit. Um, and then we managed to do some improv in the park. It's like, oh no, yeah, it's still there, it's still there. And then I was able to get back into it after that. Yeah. Um, cool. And but it is hard. It's I think it's been a really difficult year, but the improv community has kept going. Um, and I've yeah. met loads and loads of people just through online improv. Oh yeah, I'm the um, same. And I can't wait to go and visit them in person. Yeah. It's. Um, so there are, there's two sides to it. And some of the friends that I have now, like I didn't have a year ago, and these are people yeah. that I talk to regularly. We meet up online regularly for improv sessions. And, you know, I consider them really good friends. And yeah. I know Same, that yeah. I know that they are going to be friends long after the, the pandemic is over. <laughs> And no one's going to know what height everyone is. They're yeah. going to get a shock. <laughs> in, in a recent session with the, the Oikers, which is uh, my improv troupe. Oh, yeah. I know all about the Oikers. <laughs> yeah, oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, in a recent session, we all got talking about our heights. And like there was a lot of <laughs> shock about how tall or small people are. <laughs> At least I have met you. I, I know you're... Bit smaller than me, but you're still quite tall because I'm just a giant. <laughs> so yeah, I'm five foot ten. Mm. Which when I was growing up, according to like all of the books and everything like that, I was always distinctly average. I was the average yeah. height, the average weight. I was basically just average. <laughs> average has got to come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh so yeah, improv and the improv community. Would you say that I I know it sort of online was overwhelming and needed a break for a while but would you say that on the whole it's helped keep you sane during the last year oh yeah definitely yeah I think it's just been a constant so emotions and restrictions and things have kept changing but the improv has been there yeah there's something on all of the time so if you feel like doing something there's always something to do you know you're not waiting for a, a class or a drop in that's 
at set time. Yeah. And um, there's something at all times of day somewhere in the world where <laughs> actually what I found is no matter what class you do, you'll know someone in that room. Yeah. <laughs> like it, that's so weird. I remember doing this thing. I did a class that was done by Vanessa in America. And then someone appeared in the room. I was like, I've, I've met them before. <laughs> How? And I've noticed my my Facebook is just improvises. Like there's people yeah. adding me constantly. People I've never met. Uh, and then yeah. I look and I'm like, uh, the improv world. I'll add them. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fine. That'll be trustworthy. Yeah. And... I think I think I thought no one used Facebook anymore. And then improv came along. It was like, oh no, the improv community uses Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've had to kind of get back into using social media as well. I don't think I ever used it until I started doing improv in <laughs> lockdown. I was like, oh, I better log on. I didn't even know my password. Um, and yeah, I, and I think there's little groups like I'm part of improvisers talking about food and it's probably like the most active, <laughs> the most active Facebook uh, thing that I'm involved in because people are constantly yeah. chatting on there, posting things. And I think this is what this year's done is it's been a really good distraction but it's also been a really good support network oh yeah totally because i'm trying to imagine what the year would have been like without that yeah and it would have been so different um so i'm really grateful for it even just like a weekly session with the boss birds sometimes we don't even do any improv yeah we sometimes just chat and reassure each other and it's it's just a support group almost it's like you just kind of get things off your chest and and acknowledge each other a bit and i think even if there's no improv it's just friends isn't it with like-minded yeah. ways of thinking and it's just respectful ways of thinking and especially like when we're with, with Rex tide like we'll meet up and you know you just chat about a film <laughs> or chat about yeah. you know it's just nice not to talk about the c word or oh yeah totally. work or um and i think that's what i've really appreciated um and i think and, like seeing you again obviously like chester and you yeah. know we wouldn't we wouldn't get to see all the people we knew in person as well yeah totally and like i really love the convenience of it you know getting to Chester or getting to Liverpool for me on a school day in particular can yeah. be a real chore. So I, I have really embraced the whole, yeah, I could just switch on for two hours and I don't need to worry about a 45 minute commute and then a 45 yeah. minute commute home. It's just there and I'm done having a great time. And then I can switch off and just go straight back and do something else. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about trying to sort your dinner out because it's like you're at home, aren't you? You just, yeah. like, just log on, don't you? <laughs> I do find sitting still hard, though. Oh, yeah? Like, I think in improv, you're often on your feet, aren't you? I didn't realise yeah. how much I rely on that. Like, sometimes in workshops, I'm like, oh, I need a break. And I actually do need that break <laughs> just to walk <laughs> around a bit. Um, and it, but I think it's been really fun playing with the box. Oh, yeah, and, totally. Like, you know, playing with like appearing on the screen and doing voices and yeah. using objects in a way that you wouldn't do in, um, in, in the top of the pub or 
in in where we are in the rehearsal room. So, um, would you say that you've tweaked your style to suit the online improv? It's hard to say because I was so new to improv still when we went into lockdown. I have officially, I've been doing online improv more and for longer than yeah. I ever did it in person. I was right at the beginning, really. I'd only really done it super regular for three months. Right. And before that, it had been monthly. <laughs> so it's really hard. I don't know what my style was. I was still finding it. And I think online is probably the same. Um, okay. But I'm still learning, I think. But um, it'll be interesting to go back to the in-person and see <laughs> how it's changed. I've definitely got more confident with it. Because um, I think, I remember first doing it, you, you you're in your own head so much when you first do improv, aren't you? Oh yeah, like, yeah. Or oh, am I doing it right? Or was that funny? Or oh, no one's laughing? Oh, that's not funny. Well, what do I say now? Hang on, let's think of something to say. Right, let's think. Right, if I get asked and I get called up, this is what I'm going to say. Whereas now I'm just like, there, to see what comes <laughs> out. Um, that didn't work. Oh, okay, we'll move on to the next thing. And I don't dwell on it or ruminate afterwards. I think I think that's the best thing I've learned from doing the online stuff. You just do it. Unfortunately, something's recorded, and I'm, sorry, I'm not watching that. Improv should never be recorded. It's meant to be a one-time thing that you never watch back. I really like having the recordings because it's some, it's something that you don't have in in real life improv you know you don't have someone there constantly filming but if you're doing an online show or whatever or someone's just recording it i love going back and watching it oh i can't i've never ever watched anything oh really never not once. wow yeah i will listen back I've listened to all your other shows, but I might not listen to this one. But I can't. I, can't. I get really... Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, that's interesting that you do, though. Maybe I should. I, well, for me, it's just because I forget. Like I've already said, I'm so forgetful. I, I, I like... And I make myself laugh. I'll watch it back and I'll laugh at my <laughs> jokes. I, I know people say you shouldn't laugh at your jokes, but sometimes oh, no one no. else... Some, sometimes no one else laughs at my jokes, so I have to get used to laughing at them myself. <laughs> You're your perfect audience. You know what's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I know what I think is funny. Um, <laughs> I've spoken about this many times on the podcast, actually, because I'm a punner. I love puns and one-liners and things. Okay. And I just, they just fall out of my mouth all day long. And I'm in it. <laughs> you know, I spend most of my day with nine and ten-year-olds, and even they roll their oh, eyes yeah. and be like, "Oh, so you're not funny." <laughs> but it's a I weird thing. I teach like you. They're the best. <laughs> But it's a weird thing because they're not allowed to tell you that it's funny. And they, all they do is like roll their eyes and whinge all the time. Oh, so you're not funny. But I've heard so many times when people ask them, what's what do you like about Mr. Jones? The first thing they say is that he's funny. I'm just like, yeah, oh, you never you never tell me that I'm funny. Well, it'd be uncool, <laughs> wouldn't it? You know, when you're 10, you can't find the teacher funny. <laughs> but that, that's like They'll with everyone. They'll go home and tell their parents your jokes, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Like I've had yeah. so many parents sort of tell me, oh, yeah, you know, they're coming home and they're telling me their favourite joke of the day and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, you know, that is a compliment, actually, isn't it? That's... Oh, yeah, definitely. But, like, adults, they won't appreciate puns. That they, they they sort of scoff at them. Oh, 
it's so childish, but in improv, in the improv world, that's what I love about it. it it's embraced and people love the puns and encourage it and they laugh at it and support <laughs> it. So that's why I like improv because people, people actually appreciate my jokes. Openly. See, I love people who can do puns because I cannot. <laughs> there's one of that, there's, you know, that game in improv where it's like so and so walked into a bar and yeah. you've got to do that game. I just, it, it, my heart goes into panic. I'm just like, they walked into, hang on, they walked into a bar and what? They bought a drink. <laughs> they, I, I hate, I, I can't do it. But what I do do well is objects. So oh, okay. If in doubt, I just turn myself into a talking object, and I'm, <laughs> I, I personify it. And I, that's that's my like go-to. Okay, I'm stuck in this scene. This is how I'm going to get out of it. Or I just turn myself into a cape, or I just add a cr- be someone's crown, or be the bow of the boat. But I can't do puns. <laughs> I just but... I really admire people who can. But I'll I'll be there thinking and thinking, going. Oh, uh, so I, I love it. I, I, I'm a big pun fan, but I'm not a pun doer. <laughs> but I, I think it's great that, you know, because if everyone did puns, it wouldn't be funny. But what I like is having people that are really good at it and then having people that, you know, aren't good at it, but they're having a go anyway. Yeah. Because, you know, that's in some ways it's funnier. <laughs> Watching the struggle, isn't it? <laughs> yeah um but, but you yeah. support regardless don't you no matter what people say you're going to support and, you, and then you make that the joke don't you you can kind of there's always something to play with isn't there? Yeah, yeah and i was having a chat with with uh jess and seki from gloss up improv just the other day and we were talking about accents and voices and things like that and some people being like oh no I don't know that who that celebrity is or I don't know how to do the accent and being worried about it but then we were discussing the fact that by people not knowing who someone is by people not knowing how to do an accent that's what people actually want to see they don't want to see people being good at things they want to see people just sort of having a go and being terrible but enjoying it anyway or acknowledging it like Oh, they've not done the accent. It's like, well, my mum was from France and my dad from Belgium, but my sister and I grew up in Sweden. Yeah. That's why my accent's weird. Yeah. You know, you just make, you just, you, you call it out. <laughs> you? Oh, yeah, um, totally. Um, or like going back to when we were talking about before, when you didn't know about the Twilight Zone and you had to, yeah. you had to explain about it and you just made it up. And I just like, yeah, that, that's great because you can't be wrong because in improv there is no wrong i know when that penny dropped me that you can't do it wrong it's like right brilliant this is <laughs> this is the best way to get out of your head isn't it and I mean, I, what i love is when you make a mistake i say mistake there's no mistake but when you do something that is a bit odd and you're just reacting and you don't know where it's going to go and then someone picks it up and does something with it and then you can add to it and it's like whoa that is improv and it's like yeah i love it and it feels really good when that happens oh yeah it does it feels really good and i've spoken about this on the podcast a few times but my improv troupe the oikers came about because of a mistake it was a spelling mistake in a suggestion and then we emma used it as a scene suggestion and then it just became something so yeah you can really just take things that seemingly have gone wrong and just turn them into gold. Definitely. 
And you mentioned about a penny dropping not long ago. How long in general do you think you were doing improv before the penny really did drop and you felt, oh, yeah, I do get this and I, I can do this. It's really for me. So I think it was on meeting Emma and David. Okay. Because like I said, I've been watching improv for a really long time and never even been brave enough to give suggestions because I thought they'd be wrong. Right. Let alone going up and doing it. And that's with my friends being the performers as well. Yeah. So I was really, really blocked off from it. And then I think Emma and David separately taught you about coming in with nothing and it's been fine and using that time and space and silence. And that was a penny drop. And also the fact that everything is a gift and that if you do freeze on stage, because I think I did a scene in my second ever improv class with, with Emma and she won't remember this, but I remember mm -hmm. it so clearly and I just froze. I just completely blocked and I started feeling sick. Everyone was watching me. I started feeling really shaky. And then Emma just said, it's fine. Just take it, just, just pause. Be silent for a minute. It's fine. Something will come. Something always comes. And she, she made me stay on the stage, even though I wanted to run away. And she made me work through that silence. And just, and she said, like, if you're pulling a weird face, use that. If someone's looking awkward, make that part of it. That was for me when the penny dropped. So it was quite early into Emma's classes. Awesome. Um, and then I think David covered one of her classes and he talked about coming in with nothing, where you literally walk on and stare at somebody. Were you there for that Chester one where he covered? No, I wasn't. And he, just, he made us walk up to each other and you literally just kept, you pick up on a really subtle movement from somebody and then you'd add 10%, then you'd add 10% again. And you make it a bit bigger and then eventually you have a character and you'd come in with nothing you were literally just stood there and it'd be the slightest movement of a finger and then that other person would go a bit bigger and then and eventually you ended up with like a full-on crazy auntie wagging the tail at you or something i don't know <laughs> but something always came and i think once i realized that something always happens if you just give yourself that time and quiet as well. You don't always have to talk. Yeah. That was, I, for me, a really good penny drop moment. And I think something that I learned very quickly is I, so I went into it and my first session was in Chester and I just felt that I had to have idea after idea after idea. I thought the onus was on me and I just wasn't realizing that, yeah, everyone else is in the same boat. So we're going to do things together. Yeah. And then in my second session, which was in Liverpool, so it was my first night, uh, in the, the actual Liverpool session, Emma had sort of done a big introduction about not needing ideas and just stepping forward and sort of just putting yourself out there. And she was like, there will be people there to catch you. And I remember thinking, right, I'm going to give this a go. And I was super nervous about stepping forward because I was like, oh no, I'm going to make a fool of myself. And I was still really new. And I remember stepping forward and I had nothing at all. Yeah. And then Michael Ananins stepped forward. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm not in this alone. And then he had an idea and then we made something work. And I was just like, oh, yeah. So it, re it really is like a teamwork makes a dream work situation. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it isn't just on you. It was two of you or three yeah. or four or however many. And 
I think once that pressure's off, you just got to give something, haven't you, for them. And it could be something really simple. It could just be an expression. Yeah. Or a word or a noise or, and then they can build on that and then you build, and it's just that, that building. And what I really love actually is the excitement when you walk on stage, not knowing what you're going to come up with. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've just walked on. And in five minutes time, we'll have had a scene. And I won't know. I've not planned it at all. And it goes to show what you can do when you just do it. And yeah. I've applied that to life now. Awesome. It's, I think it's been a really healthy attitude shift. And I think realizing it's a great way of realizing that you think differently to everyone else and like so you can get the same stimulus and you can all come up with like 17 different ideas like you want to start the scene with and then sometimes you're thinking oh well this is obviously the the way this scene's gonna go and then someone throws a complete curveball and you're just like oh i didn't even considered that way of thinking yeah <laughs> yeah definitely or when you're watching it you're like whoa that's not what i would have got from that wow. yeah so, and then that's what makes you laugh isn't it you're like um, and that also shows the importance of reading your partner as well, because actually, and calling out where you are, because like, if you think we're in a zoo and they think you're on the moon, like, you have to like somehow both end up in the same place, don't you? <laughs> yeah, totally. Or you end up on a zoo on the moon, which also works. <laughs> a zoo on the moon, a zoom, <laughs> which is very close to zoom. Uh, and speaking of Zoom, this has actually Zoomed by. I've just seen the time. We're going to have to bring know, this to yeah. an end. <laughs> um, I, I I did mention a few weeks back about having like people on for a second round of interviews later in the year. So I think this is definitely a case for that because <laughs> I feel we've really only just scratched the surface. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, we can just keep chatting without uh, the record. We'll oh, yeah, chat. totally. <laughs> um, so just before we we do sign off on the interview, uh, where can people find you on social media if they want to see you performing or they want to connect with you in some way? Um, so they can find me on Facebook via Boss Birds or Rich Time. Okay. Um, or I'm known as Captain Emma um, if you if you can find me. Or I have now Instagram. Excellent. I'm learning how to use it, but I'm under Catherine Emma ninety, I think. Okay. Let's find me by a boss first, though. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, uh, everyone listening, go check her out because she's awesome and she's just a great improviser to watch if you can see her performing in any shows. Oh, lovely. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you very much. And there we go. Another fantastic chat. I'm saying chat rather than an interview because that's really how these things feel to me. It's just a lovely chat with lovely people. And what I like is going into this, I knew about Kat and the improv world and that she was a great improviser, but I didn't know about all of uh, the geeky side of things. I didn't know that that's what we were going to be talking about in, in such detail as well. And so for me, it's such a pleasure and I love it. And I hope that you are enjoying listening just as much as I am enjoying actually having these conversations and giving these people a chance to just talk about things that they like and that they're passionate about and especially when it's 
shared interests and were able to connect in, in ways that we didn't even know that we were going to. What a wonderful opportunity uh, this is to just give a voice to people of the Liverpool Comedy Improv community and what an honour it is for me uh, to give them that voice. It's such, such fun. I'm really loving this. Uh, so I, I can't speak any more highly than that. Thank you very much if you listened to that interview. Thank you very much for your support. If you're interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Live Comedy Improv. If you're a member of the LCI community and you would like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we will make the arrangements as soon as possible. Don't forget, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars, leave us a review. It will really help boost the show and get our name out there. If you're interested in checking out me on social media, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for at Ian Luke Jones. Find out all the things I'm up to. Check out the Oikers. We have a Facebook page and a website. It's Oikers, spelled like pickers, but with an O instead of a P. And Kat, she is part of Boss Birds Improv. Check them out. And she is also part of Wretched Hive Comedy, who do some great live streams on twitch so check them out especially if you're a fan of all things geeky and that pretty much brings us to an end this week but before i go as always here are some words that are wise 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 always remember whatever the situation to treat life like improv and yes and